Jesus Christ, Sarah. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. This is attempt number two at an intro because yet again, Sarah was recording on the wrong mic, poured her heart out, only to find out I was not recording on the right mic. So here we go again, guys. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. If you are a new listener to this podcast, this is a drinking podcast mixed with friendship mixed with life. So this is a show where I have my friends on and we talk about life over a couple drinks. And happy day after Valentine's Day for everybody listening on Thursday. As I'm recording right now, I'm actually just getting back from a singles night out at a bar where I went with a couple friends. And and honestly, it was a lot of fun. Um, It didn't go the way I think all of us had planned. I think in our minds, we were like, we're going to go to this bar and we're going to meet guys and we're really going to get ourselves out there. Instead, we just sat in a corner and talked to each other. But uh, listen, it's the fact that we went in the first place that matters, right? So welcome to the show, guys. Uh, This week, I have a very special episode coming your way. It is with my friend Heather, who is one of my very, very best friends. Heather is one of my ride or dies. She will be a bridesmaid in my non-existent wedding that is happening. I'd also probably call her if I had a body to bury and, you know, all of that. Heather and I actually met in college and we have been great friends ever since. She's actually in a different city than me. She is in Ottawa and I'm in Halifax and she was visiting. So during her visit, we had the chance to sit down and do this episode. Now on this episode, we talk a lot about our friendship, the different facets of it and our dynamic, which is really, really fun. We tell a couple of really funny stories, but then we get a little more serious. And what we talk about is actually fertility issues. Um, Heather and her husband, Mike, have been through a lot. Heather's experienced all of it. She has experienced having difficulty getting pregnant, and she's also experienced being pregnant and losing that pregnancy, which is probably the most intense thing to go through as a woman. Now, for this, I will say, and I know Heather hates it when I get cheesy on her, but she is one of the strongest women I know. Having been through all of this, she has a lot to say uh, on the subject. Um, So this is a very honest, unfiltered talk. Heather does not hold back with this. Um, She does talk about a lot of aspects of this that I think people might not always even say out loud. It's kind of the things that you might think, but you don't feel comfortable saying. Um, This is an uncomfortable subject. This is not an easy subject to talk about. But Heather was brave enough to come on, talk about her experiences, how she felt about it, where she is at now in her life dealing with all the things she experienced in regards to pregnancy, and sort of looking ahead at where it's going for her and Mike. So very powerful stuff. I gotta say, this is one of the stronger episodes I've ever done, just for the fact that it is a very enlightening episode, something that I think people will learn from. And I really, truly do hope that if you are listening to this and you are going through similar things, that you will feel less alone in this and you will feel a bit better knowing that other people feel the same feelings as you. So there you go. So huge props to Heather for having the courage to come on and talk about this. This is not something that is easy to talk about. 
um, but she was able to do it, and I'm very, very proud of her for coming on and sharing her story. But there's also some fun things in here, too. We talk a lot about our college days, our drunk memories that we have together, or non-memories, depending on how you want to look at it. We have a really awesome friendship, Heather and I. We still make it work, despite being cities apart and being at really different phases in our life. One thing I think is really cool about this is the fact that we actually have different episodes on this podcast related to the idea of children. Um, We do have episodes with pregnant women, and I have an episode all about vasectomies. That's episode 26, one of Mark's episodes, which is a great one, coming from a guy's point of view of choosing not to have kids. And now we're hearing about someone who really wants kids, but is having a really, really hard time with it. So I really like the idea of getting different perspectives on this issue. If you do have any feedback on the episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to the podcast on social media. That is Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast, on Twitter at in underscore toxicated. And you can send any feedback you want to our Gmail account, which is intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. As always, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you're brand new to Intoxicated, we have another channel hosted by my friend Corey, who does an amazing job over there drinking and talking about movies and TV with his friends and different stand-up comedians. It's a lot of fun. In fact, uh, they have a new episode out right now that was on fire. These guys were on fire in this episode. It is all about the air up there, and they killed it. So definitely go check out that episode. And get in touch with us if you have any feedback or comments. We would love to hear from you. So I'll get to the episode now, guys. Hope you enjoy this really awesome episode with Heather. This stuff is like, it looks like piss. It's a cabaret Sauvignon Blanc. So hang on. Okay. We're officially recording right now. And I just want to say that Heather just poured us the biggest glasses of wine. And I went through all the work to make an ice bucket. So that we could refresh our glasses, and now the ice bucket is pointless. I'm sorry. I don't know how to do it any differently. A glass is meant to be filled. I, I didn't want us to have to get up, so I wanted to make an ice bucket, and now that's pointless because we have the full bottle of wine in both of our glasses right now. <laughs> Let's see if this is worth the price tag. <laughs> that's right. So all of that being said, everybody, welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast, and I have one of my best friends on right now. And finally, right before the year mark, she made it on. Look at that. I know. I avoided it until now. (laughs) That's what everyone says. Every single close friend of mine is like, yeah, this is happening. (laughs) Listen, I had to fly from another province to come and be on this show, so you better appreciate it. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Hmm. We didn't say what we're drinking. But actually, what is the do- wine that we're drinking? What's the name of the wine? Oh, I'm going to totally mangle this. It is Batten Sauvignon Blanc from 2016. It was a very expensive bottle of wine that I feel is not worth the price. But I'll enjoy it it's and drop. more than double what I normally pay for my wine. The lady at the NSLC upsold me hard. Mm. Like, I feel like she should go into marketing. Maybe she will. Well, she told me all about the mouth feel of the wine, and I was just like, mouth "Okay, feel. yeah, like how it would taste really." It's good. actually not that bad. But that said, it almost reminds me of those blue bottles of wine that I used to get when I was like in my early twenties. Blue Nun. Yes. Yes. Blue Nun. I won't lie. I may be thirty-four, but I still, on occasion, drink Blue Nun. <laughs> and it's just as good as this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like one time. 
I had the experience of trying Dom Perignon. Mm. And it tasted like Satan's arsehole. (laughs) It was disgusting. (laughs) Arsehole. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a newfie. I gotta say it that way. So you are a new, okay. So let's get into this, shall we? So Heather and I, friendship origin story. Back in the heydays of 2006. Was it 2006? 100%. Right, because we started in September of 2006. Now, here's what's crazy about this. Like, when I... So, I went to the, the Mount, which is a university here in Halifax. Um, but my first year of university, I went to Santa Vax. In the niche. I actually had gotten into the Mount and didn't go. Because I didn't want to move away from my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> yeah. And so I did a year at Santa Fe, and then I did my, like, second year starting at the Mount. So I yeah. transferred over. Yeah, and I transferred over from a, from Memorial University in Newfoundland with my first degree. What if we both hadn't transferred? Like, how crazy is that to think about? Yeah, but we I would never have met. Yeah, but what ifs are pointless to me because oh, you're just... Oh, here we go! Oh, here we go! I just think that all you do is just circle in your head about what if this had happened? What if this happened? It just feeds into somebody's anxiety. No, that's true. I was trying to make it more heartfelt. Okay. As like, what if no, you hadn't met? I, 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 I was feel, trying to make it heartfelt. Okay. I feel like it was meant to be that we were supposed to meet and that we were supposed to be friends and that the friendship lasted for the last decade. Because honestly, Over out a of, decade. Yeah. Wait. 11 what? years. Wait, no, 12 years. No. What year is it? <laughs> It's 2018. 12 years. Listen, we did public relations. We didn't do math. Hang on. 12 years. I'm right. You're wrong. All right. Yeah, fine. Okay. Because... No, wait. I said over a decade. Or did I say 10 years? You said decade. Shit. That's okay. Okay. I mean, it's only two years over. Mm-hmm. If, if you were rounding, it would be 10. True. So... True. Okay, I'm still not But wrong. over a decade. Yeah. Friendship. Right. Um, But it was kind of serendipitous how we met, I think. Because it happened really randomly in a, in a class. So, yeah, we had our meet cute in a class. Yes, we sure did. Over coffee. Over coffee. What was it? How, how was it? Just that we were both looked at each other. And we were both like, "Holy fuck, we're tired." Like, yeah, it was. We good both. Thing we have coffee. I'm pretty sure we both had the largest size coffee you could buy on campus at the time. And I just gave you, like, the the wink and the nod as to, yeah, it's going to be a three-coffee kind of day. And you were just like, I know. And then we just kind of snowballed from there. That's exactly it. But there was another key thing that brought us together. It wasn't just coffee. It was also the Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls, Because we met and we kept in touch. And but I we, think we didn't keep you in started touch a whole lot. But you started inviting me up to hang out at your, do- at your room because we lived in the same res. Yes. Well, you you kept inviting me down to your floor, but I was uncomfortable because your floor was co-ed, I think, wasn't it? No, none of our floors were co-ed back then. No, a couple of them were, no weren't way. they? No way, I don't think so. Oh. Oh, maybe. What floor were you well, on? I was on an all-girl floor, and I think a couple floors up for me, there was an all-guys floor. But so didn't I'm- all the guys come down to the, the room yeah. on the fourth floor to watch TV? Yes. And that's what there it was. There was a lounge that we all used to gather at. It yes. was like a gathering spot for and a for, lot of us. And my social anxiety just did not like that at all. And what's crazy with this, too, is, is like, I met a bunch of my really best friends. Like, really best friends? My yeah. Be- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From somebody really who... Be- 
<laughs> I, I met a lot of my very best friends from the mail because you and also Mary. Yeah. Uh, like, those are, like, two friendships that, like, have lasted ever since then. So that's pretty fucking cool. I haven't spoken to Mary in years. Damn it. I should have invited her over. She should have been good on this, too. Um, but, uh, yeah. So we, we started hanging out. We Did we go to a Goo Goo Dolls concert together? No. So what happened was because you are such a music obsessive person or you were at the time i think you went to the concert either by yourself or with people in the in a cc hall mm-hmm. and i had a take i got two tickets last minute and i dragged heidi with me who was my right. the person in the room next to me yeah. And I just really wanted to see the Google Goo Dolls because I'd never seen them. They were on my top list of people I wanted to see. Fuck yeah. And I was just loving it. And somehow you were walking by and you saw us and you were just like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the concert, we ended up getting the bus back together. And I was like, I am fucking starving. I could eat a pizza. And you were like, pizza sounds pretty good. I was like, all right, let's go upstairs. So we'll we order met a pizza. afterward. We met up after the concert. We met up during the concert. We saw each other at the concert. Mm-hmm. And it was just another like connection. We both liked really good band. And then it was pizza, which I believe was the cement of the friendship bond. <laughs> so it was a combination of coffee, of coffee, music, and nineties pop rock, and pizza, pizza, yeah. And that cemented it. And then I think from then, you, me, and Heidi were like a trio. Yeah, we were. We were like a trio at the at the mount, and there was a lot of hanging out. There was, yeah. and that was, it was the rest was fucking history. But then I think I think the other thing too is Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Did you know that I Has- stopped watching it? I haven't seen past, like, the fourth season. That's okay. I've stopped watching it, too. But I will say, there's a scene in Grey's Anatomy. Is this about the Lost Handies? Re- yes, it's very... Yes! <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. The bell's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> God. I'm so loud. So much clipping. Um. <laughs> the bell. I still haven't explained to you what the bell is. No, you haven't. It's, it's like if someone makes a really good point that you really agree with, or it's like if someone gets zanged, like if someone does a really good like burn, or like a really good joke with a really good punchline. Yeah. Can, like can, it's so basically, it's Pavlov's re- re- positive reinforcement. There you go. I want the bell to ring. That's exactly it. Okay. But um. But Grey's Anatomy. So there, there's a scene in Grey's Anatomy that when I watched that scene, it, it was then that I realized that I am Meredith and you're Christina. Yes. And the scene is... I, need, I, need, I might need a refresher on this because I remember it's, it's, some of it. But. So it's Meredith Grey and Christina Yang in the kitchen. Yes. Um, spoiler alert for Grey's Anatomy. Holy shit. Fast forward like a minute. Because I'm about to spoil it, but it was... It From, was, like, ten was, years ago. Yeah, but still. People people start watching shows, and I don't want to spoil them. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. It was after Denny died. Okay. Uh, and they're there, and, like, Meredith seems, like, kind of distracted and, and stuff. And then <laughs> Christina just goes, oh, what did you do? <laughs> yes! Yes! And that's when I realized Honestly, that's our dynamic. I'm pretty sure. I make bad life decisions and you're there to react to them. Well, I'm pretty sure that in the last 12 years, I have texted, oh, what did you do? Or I have said to you, 
oh, what did you do? Mm. At least a hundred times. Yeah. And then you either say, I lost my panties. Or, <laughs> or something along those lines. Or you tell me the truth of what actually happened. I think there was one time that I texted you like, I'm looking for nipple cream. And, and, and you were just like, why am I not surprised? Yeah. No, honestly, there, there's nothing you can text me anymore, I feel, that would shock me. Yeah. Like, at this point, it's just... Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of our dynamic. Uh-huh. You know? In a weird way. Um, I kind of feel like... I don't like, think it's weird. I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I kind of feel like you are the devil and the angel on my shoulders. Like, yes. you're the perfect mix of both. Because you're not fully the devil, although no. you're probably more devil than most of my other friends. Oh, yeah. You know what? I did one of those personality tests. Do you know what Machiavellianism is? No. It means that I would stab you in the back to get what I wanted without even blinking twice. Apparently, I'm like 65% Machiavellian, so I would agree that I'm a little bit more devil than I am angel. Just slightly. Yeah, like, just slightly. just just a little bit. Like, enough that it, if this was a weight measure, I would probably be fucked at the pearly gates. Yeah, oh, me too. But... I mean, I think I would be more fucked at the pearly gates than you, but I think, like, we would meet each other in a hotel bar, have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... No, I agree. Like, like we, we'll be hanging out in hell. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> we're, we're, <laughs> we're hanging out in hell. <laughs> yep. But what is... Okay, so I have a question for you. 42. Oh. I'm sorry. Have you never read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? The answer to the universe, life itself, and everything. Which is weird, because my favorite number, or one of my favorite numbers, is 41. Oh, wow. You're just shy of having the answer to life. <laughs> that sums it up when Heather came over. Okay, there was a couple things Heather said when she came over today. One was, why does your floor feel like you pissed all over it? <laughs> <laughs> well, because my I hate the feeling of wet socks, and I walked into like a puddle. <laughs> And now I have moist socks. My and it's just floors a- are so hard to clean, it's not even funny. Well, I, I don't that- understand what's wrong with them. No, I'm sure that little bit of water and me slipping on my socks just scrubbed a little bit of extra dirt <laughs> off for you. It just, it just, I, I love you. Because you don't, you don't hold back and calling me a piece of trash. Or I love that. Oh, you are my, my white trash friend. I understand that. I embrace it. I love it. In fact, you, you used to always yell at me and call me a whore all the time. Yeah, but you used to make me yell and call you a whore. I'm pretty sure there's video of evidence of me saying, I don't want to do this, Sarah. And you call me a whore. And I was like, fine, you're a whore. And then you, you don't just get to call me a whore. And then you More just on me. cackle madly. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of good old drunk times um, in college. You and I actually, we so we, we met in res where we both had single rooms. Yeah. But then, I guess, second year at the mail, but I guess technically our third year, we lived, at, like, in an apartment together. Yes, which was the worst a... decision of my life, and I regret it to this day. Not <laughs> oh because God. of you. Shit. No. Can we talk about that? Yeah. So we lived... So, okay, going back to, to our college trio, Heather, Heidi, and I mm-hmm. um, ended up living together in a kind of like a dorm apartment. So it was, like, four apartments and a teeny tiny galley kitchen and like a decent sized living room i think the living room was maybe about the same size as this living room actually yeah it was just laid out differently so it seemed a lot smaller yes and we always had somebody crashing on the couch if it wasn't my boyfriend it was oh god who was that guy that you were fucking <laughs> oh i knew this was gonna come up <laughs> was that it yeah leave yeah. that sarah just in case Okay. But I remember that day I actually had a guy over. And what's cool about this is, 
This was after I had broken up with my long-term first boyfriend. Yes. And I was in the prime of new penis. Yes, because you... New penis. Bring it. No, there wasn't very much bring it because you were so picky. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, though. Were? You are. You are. I don't think I'm not picky. You have a certain criteria. I don't think I have any criteria. Okay, well, let's do a comparison. Me versus you. If it had a penis, if it knew how to work it, and if it was even slightly interested in putting it in my vagina, I was for it. You. What do I need? You need at least some sort of emotional connection. I don't agree. You needed at least some sort of repertoire with them. That that I agree with. Yeah. You also need it. Well, I, I realize I just sounded like a horrible whore. No, no, no. Give it to me. Give it to me. Keep going. No, no. I'm just thinking back to what I said. If it had a dick, oh. I'd do it. Like, I was a whore. Okay. Self-revelation over. Whore is not a bad thing, but we should clarify she was not getting paid. No. Not at all. But yeah, you had you had some good criteria. There had to be, and like they had to. Be- I needed to, to talk to you and get like have a rapport. Like I needed to like you. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. Like you just you knew you needed yeah. your itch scratched, but yeah. you weren't willing to just go with anybody. No. Whereas I was very much willing. Like yeah, I'm okay with never talking to you again. Let's wham but bam like, goodbye, sir. But the thing is, is like even back then, which was like early twenties, mm-hmm. really early twenties. I didn't fucking know what good sex was. I didn't even know how to get good sex. Like, I would hook up with these guys and, like, it would just be like, yeah, that was bad. Shrug. You know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of what happened. And, like, that night that that guy stayed over, like, that was one of the first new people I had ever slept with. So was that, that good sex? No. Oh. I, but I think the, the reason it's not good is not always on one person. No, it takes two to tango, as cliched as that sounds. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need to find the motion of the ocean. Yeah. You know? And I don't think we had that motion. I think we were just meant to be just friends, right? Yeah. And I think that in that time of my life, I was hooking up with a lot of friends. Well, that's because you, you know, wanted like, to have that repertoire of people and you already had that base when you were talking to them and you were friends with them. Yeah. But then you took it to the extra step and then you immediately regretted it. Uh-huh. So another good story to tell about this at what? this time is before we lived together at the apartment, mm-hmm. you did a work term in PEI. I did, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And... Okay. Is this- so there was one night. So we were both doing work terms. I was in Halifax and you were in PEI. And there was one day in particular that we were talking. And we were like, we on both. On MSN We Messenger. both had gone on dates. Or like what we thought. Like, no, no, no. I don't think mine was really a date. Yours no. was probably definitely it was. It was like we hardly talked. Like we maybe messaged each other on MSN. Hmm. Every few days just to keep in touch. And you were just. It was like three days we hadn't talked. And you were like, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to have a phone date? And I was like, yeah. I can't. I have a date. And, and you, like, you were I like, do too. you were like, what? Yeah. And then my phone immediately rang and it was you. Yeah. And I got the fucking Spanish Inquisition. It was like, <laughs> you have a date? Guess what? Guess what I did? I have a date. I met someone. And I was like, I met. And did I ever meet someone? Yeah. Because you met your now husband. Yes. And I met my ex. Yes. Yeah. So 
very very interesting that yeah. we like we both had met we had met the them on time. the same night i think same well no i had met him before that so did you but we like we we were hanging out alone together okay night. so it was gonna yeah. be like quote unquote a date yeah yeah okay yeah well. and then so then <laughs> The wine. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm a gassy I person. I really hope that the mics picked that up. You know I... what, Sarah? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I want to end it with that. Why are we friends? <laughs> or I want to end it with a clip of you saying "Jesus Christ, Sarah," because that's how you say it all all the time. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Sarah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Yep. <laughs> Okay, but back to it. So Let's, you met you met your nail husband. You you met so Mike. you met Mike. Yeah, and what was that like? Uh, honestly, he's a masochist because I was so rude to him that night. Like I met up with my friend Amanda. Yes, who's been on the show. A who's been on the show a couple of times, yeah. and we had a weekly um, kind of we'll go out for apps, have a beer. But we knew that we couldn't really go and get shit-faced because we had jobs. It was our first co-op. We were yeah. fucking fresh-faced and 23. 23. You know, 23. What, what an age. I know. Oh, God. If I could only go back to then. Was it 23? You were 23. I was 23. I was you, were, yeah. you were considerably younger. I yeah. am much older than you. You're not much older than I am me. four years older than That's you. That's not a lot. There's a generation gap between us. Like, you toe the line on one side of the generation gap, and I toe the line on the other. Hmm. Yes. Too shy. No, I've, I've, I I firmly believe that we are a generation gap apart, but we love each other so much that we make it work. That's fair. Okay, so I had met Amanda for drinks at this restaurant called Hunter's, and oh, I was having a shitty day at work, and I was like, you know what, Amanda? I don't care if I'm going to go to work hungover tomorrow. We're going to order a pitcher of beer. And we're just going to let me get shit-faced. Yeah. And she was like, okay. And I mean, you know, Amanda, 90 pounds soaking wet, half a beer, and she's feeling it. So I drank the majority of that pitcher. And suddenly, we're on the patio, and this guy walks up. And all I see is these arms, these super copper tanned looking arms that were just bulging with muscles. And I was just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That does it for me. <laughs> and he came right to our table. Like, my my heart was in my That's stomach that, at that point. That kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. I just want to say. No, honestly, I'm probably romanticizing it right now, but it was a little bit of, like, you hear the Daydreamer song in the background, and it's slow motion, and there's a halo of light behind Dreamweaver him. Dreamweaver from, Dream, from... Yeah, uh, from Dreamweaver. That's Wind's the song. Yeah. Yes. Dreamweaver. Yeah. I'm not going to sing, but anyway. So then he comes over and he comes directly to our table. And I'm like, and suddenly, you know, the butterflies go to weariness. And I'm like, what is this fucking weirdo doing? And he goes and he grabs the chair that's the empty chair at our table. And he goes, can I take this chair, please? And I said, fuck off. Go get your own chair. And even though, even though you're, see, this is interesting about Heather. So when, when you're, when you like someone. I am you really mean. You will put off the vibe that you fucking want them dead. Yeah. Like you do. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, anything you need? Anything? Anything at all? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I, I feign disinterest. Yes. You pick on them. 
I'm sassy. You pick on them. A little bit. Yes, yes, you do. Well, you know what? Apparently he liked it enough to put a ring on it. So there you go. So anyway, he you could see his face falling. And I was like, and I just really, I was like, oh, he's one of those people that can handle that. Okay. I was like, I was like, oh, come back here, you asshole and take the chair. And he, <laughs> and then he turned around and he gave me this shit eating grin. And he just grabbed a chair with one hand. And I was like, yep clean up on aisle three my panties are wet and and did you did you and you guys hung out well what he did i was expecting him to go down the end of the patio to another group of tables and where did he fucking put the chair but directly behind me at this table of like five or six 20 something year old men and i was like oh that's awkward because he's within listening distance and he's within eavesdropping distance so how am i gonna not just you know ignore amanda and just listen to what he's saying Uh uh-huh <clears throat> and also at the time there was another really cute guy at the table and I was debating whether or not I was going to hit on him too so yeah I'm a terrible person is this a friend of Mike's? yeah not anymore not okay. anymore no <laughs> It's a, it's a mutual person. Breaking news on the podcast. No, it's the mutu- one that got away. No, ew, no. It was a mutual <laughs> friend, you know, like hanging out with him as a group. Yeah. Anyway, so then he sits down and suddenly Amanda just jumped into the conversation at the table because they were talking about movies. And rape scenes in movies. Right? Rape scenes in movies. I remember that. And she yeah. got really involved and really interested in it. And at 23, I didn't have much of an opinion on rape scenes in movies. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I still don't have an opinion on it. And I'm okay with that. But... Like, maybe four of the people at the table were were involved in the conversation, going back and forth. And I think at the time it was, oh, there's a girl just interrupting us, and it's a girl. Yeah, So yeah, let's yeah, listen yeah. and let's involve ourselves. And I just sat back, and I get this tap on my shoulder, and it's this guy with the arms. And he's like, so, how do you feel about the Blue Jays? And I was like, you know what? A lot better than I feel about rape scenes in movies. So we turned around and the two of us started talking. Oh my god, rape scenes in movies brought you guys together. That is so fucking cringy <laughs> to think about it. I'm pretty sure that got edited out in the uh, how we met story at our wedding. And fast. And so you were together. How? Okay. And the thing is, too, is, is like we're giving you a very oh, brief he, snapshot he of He proposed to me two weeks later. I shit you not. He, We were drinking at the same bar. He looked at me and he said, I'm drunk enough that I want to get on one knee and ask you to marry me. And I said, I'm drunk enough that I would say yes. And then he said, but we can't do that. I said, no. I said, but you can certainly put a ring away for me. And then the Damn next day he went sir. to the, he went to terms and he, he texted me a link to a charm to the charms website. And I was like, yep, that's the one. And I'm thinking he's not going to do it. He's just bluffing. And then, the next day, he's like, oh, yeah, I put that ring on layaway. And I was like, shut the fuck up. No, you didn't. Are you shitting me right now? No, I'm not shitting you. I never you. knew this. He waited nine months. We were together. We got together in June. He proposed in March. March 23rd is when he proposed. I was going to say, I was trying to remember how long you were together before the official engagement happened. Because nine I remember months. you telling me about an engagement. It was not two weeks in, though. Because I hadn't met Mike then. No, no, nobody had met him. And but you you had told me before the official engagement we're probably getting married or like we're oh, we're getting oh married. no I, before the yeah. official engagement I said he's the one yeah I'm I'm done looking he's he's it for me I'm going to introduce him to my mother 
because I had never introduced That's my mother. That's the telltale. No, yes. yes, that was what my mom always used to ask me. She was like, why do you never bring home any of your boyfriends? Right. She's like, I know that you're dating. Interesting. You know, but why don't I ever meet any of them? She's like, I meet your guy friends, but none of them, none of your boyfriends. And I looked at her, I said, mom, the first guy you meet is the one I'm going to marry. And the first guy she met was Mike. And so what about him made you realize, like, this is it? Honestly, I couldn't, I can't put it into words. Aww. It was just a feeling. It was yeah. like you were mega, mega happy. Even like, like we had gone up to visit that summer that you were living in PI. Yeah, and like we had met him for the first time, and like we were just like, oh man, she's. She's we were as, also she's in happy the, as shit. Yeah, we were in the honeymoon phase too, and we were fucking like bunnies at that point too. Yeah. and it was just like I couldn't get enough of him. He couldn't get enough of me. But even now, like, even though that part of the relationship kind of quiets down a bit i still wouldn't trade him for anything in the world i'll never you know what you know what true romance is you know what true romance is everyone what when you put on some lingerie to go bang your boyfriend in the transport truck <gasps> oh my gosh i forgot about that i came home to the apartment and you guys thought i was high as a kite because my <laughs> eyes were so bloody red and it's because he had done me so well that i was screaming so loud i brushed blood vessels in my eyes mm-hmm and you were blotchy and glowy. Yeah. And it was like the it was the only type of glow that would happen after sex. Yes, of course. Mike, if you ever listen to this podcast, I am so sorry, sweetheart. We love you, Mike. And so and you guys got married. So you got engaged and and I had I couldn't Let's talk about the wedding. Yeah, well, we had to wait until I graduated from school because my mother would have like fucking had kittens, you know. So we waited until. I feel like so much of like a couple's decision is based upon is what based their on parents. The family, yeah. His family didn't fucking care, mm. as he, they were just happy he found somebody who could put up with them. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, "Keep her. She's the one. She's a keeper. Put a ring on it. Good. You're taken care of. Goodbye." Yeah. But my mother was like, "You better fucking finish school because if you get married." And then you quit school or you pop out a baby or something happens. I want to make sure you have your education. And I was like, okay, mom. So I graduated in October and then we had the wedding in July of that year. And who did you pick for bridesmaids? Well, you were one of them. Not right Not away. No, you were originally. What do you have to say for yourself? Um... <laughs> I regret asking a certain individual to be my bridesmaids from the get-go. It was more of a nostalgic decision. So, here's the thing. At that time... Yeah? I would have considered you, like, one of my best friends. At the time? Are we not considering... you not considering... Oh, no, like, you're 100% still one of my best friends. You're fucking, in the wedding party. Fucking right. For the non-existent wedding that's happening. Of course. But yes. at that time, like, I think that was a peak of our friendship because we were together. Like, yeah. you've been moved away from me for a long time. Eight years. I've been away for eight years. So, like, you yeah. scared me there. I'm like, you're still my best friend. Don't worry. <laughs> Gosh. Don't make me cry. Um, I'll, like, fucking table flip and walk but, out. But, like, I was, I was really wanting to be in your wedding. But so then Heather's like, you know, I, I need to ask this other person based on years known and Even you're my secret maid of honor is yeah. what she told me. My smo, my secret smo. maid of honor. Although I believe in this. I think everyone should have this. Yes. If there's someone that you're really close with that for whatever reason. Yeah. You can't put in the wedding. You just call them your secret maid of honor. Or like if you have a, a family member that you need to have as your maid of honor. Yeah. And you know that there's somebody else that like 
I love my but sister. I never, I never understood that. But I was that. closer to other people. I never understood that. Yeah, but you, the, the you have... The obligation to put your But you have money. two sisters, so there's not that just only one choice. Like I wouldn't put it... Okay. <laughs> love you, Mary and Jane, if you ever find out about this show. And listen, I'm sorry, but I, it's... My girlfriends are who's going to be my maid of honors, like or my my bridesmaids. Yes, like, of course. Like, well, I mean, one of my that's girlfriends. Just me, but you're close. Also, you're also close with your sister, whereas I'm not. So I, I'm I, close-ish with her. But I mean, if I yeah. was given the choice, without the familial obligation portion of it, I probably wouldn't have chosen her as my maid of honor. She would have definitely been a bridesmaid, no doubt about it. But yeah. I don't think she would have been my maid of honor. There's an obligation. There. But in the same sense. She was able to take that pressure off of me because how do you choose between four That's women who have so been your friends true. in either one portion of your life through all of it yeah. or one like you have been my best friend since the mount. Yeah. That's only one part of my life though. Right. I have I have You have childhood friends. I have two childhood friends. Yeah. I have a friend that I met in, in that I knew all my life, but we only became really close in high school. Right. And then there was you who was in university. Yeah. You know, like, how do you, how do you say you are more important to me than these three other women? It's so true. And I always fucking think about it. Yeah. And it must be so fucking hard. Because especially when you're someone who does have a lot of girlfriends. A lot of, like, it's hard for me to say, like, this is my best friend. Like, I have so many best friends. Oh, I do the same thing. You know, like, 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 my mother looked at me. And she was like, how can you say that all of these women are your best friends? I was like, yeah. How can I I not say that they're all my best friends? Because yeah. for me, for me to put one below the other, yeah, sometimes we don't talk for months and sometimes I don't see you for over a year. There's a lot of times we don't talk. But then when we do, hot. it's like all of the months just melt away and it's just like we were back at a CC hall just sitting down, mm. just... You know, yeah. it's and usually it involves some sort of epic phone date or epic like when me and Heather go weeks and weeks and weeks without talking and then or we finally talk and months. Yeah, we, we have. I yeah, mean, we both have very different lives and we're yeah. not in the same city, so it's it's tough. But when we do actually end up talking, it's always fucking epic because we're like, hey, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah. This is my life right now. I feel what's like, new with you? Yeah, I feel like if you leave, if you talk to somebody too often it leaves only like the hey how's the weather down in halifax and you're just like pardon me while i slip my wrist while i have this really mundane conversation that's very true but if you wait enough time and you're comfortable enough with that person then you can just talk your heart out so true and there's no love loss at all because we both understand that we are adults we have lives we have responsibilities very different lives yeah that's okay like kind of we have a lot in common yeah but we lead different lives very different lives yeah but that's okay yeah i'm all like there's nothing wrong with that full-time job with my pension and my dental and health benefits and And i'm all struggling to stay alive you're still kind of living that little bit of that college girl life Um, no like you pay your bills you do all that but in the sense that you know you still might have to eat ramen every now and then it's in my cupboard Actually, you know what? I can't say anything about that because I love ramen. It's delicious. I'm yeah, like I could go out and buy a steak, but I fucking <laughs> love ramen. So well, we have very honest and unfiltered, and we have a friendship that's like I have a lot of friends, but not all friends would help me bury a body. <laughs> I would, yeah. I'd probably help you kill the person. Um, I remember that. Con- 
I remember that conversation that we had over texting and you were so fed up with your life at the time and you were like, you know what? I'm just going to turn to dealing drugs or I'm going to become a <laughs> prostitute of some sort. And I remember texting you back and be like, that's cool. Make sure you buy a gun. And you were just like, wait, what? And I was like, that's what I mean by... I was like, you do you. You're kind of more the devil than the angel. But you are not one... So, okay, here's the thing with Heather. I'm like, I'll generalize this because there's too many situations to fucking even bring up. But, like, if I text you something that's like, hey, this thing happened. I don't know what the fuck to do and I can't really talk to anyone else about this. What, like, I'm just letting you know that this thing happened. I just need to rant right now. Like, you are someone who's like... You will instantly go to the, oh my God, tell me more. But yeah. then you'll give me the, the actual, well, I don't think, like, you, the give, advice. Me, you give me both. I give I you, like. I give you the unfiltered, brutally honest adult yeah. opinion. You do. But in the same sense, I'm still that 23 year old girl that used to get drunk by your side and make really poor life decisions with you. And I'm like, you go girl. You live kind of vicariously. I live horrendously vicariously through you. Because I think... I stopped dating a year after we became friends. Yeah, that's true. You got to still enjoy all of those aspects. And I was done with that. And I won't lie. I love my husband. But I live vicariously through you you when you meet these boys. You you tell... Men, boys, whatever. I mean, they're mostly boys. Yeah, that's okay. You can be a cougar. But you are like... Tell me the details. Like, you are the details friend. Like, yeah, like, I no wanna... details unsaid. Yeah, like, I want to know what he say, when did he say it, what was his intonation, what was he wearing, what was the scene, uh-huh. set the, what was the atmosphere, what were you drinking? <laughs> what did things taste like? What Honestly, things... I come from a literary background. I need to know these things so that in my mind I can picture it perfectly uh-huh. until it gets to the P and V portion and then I want to bleach my eyes. I mean... I can say with 100% certainty that I I don't want to think about you having sex with somebody. But I think with you, you like hearing about it. But as soon as you picture it as me doing that, it's that's when it gets weird for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you like talking about the details in a general sense, but not so much. I like picturing it as me doing it. Yeah. Which is unless unless uh, it's certain certain instances where the comedic value of it is higher than the gross out value. Like certain individuals who are having performance issues or nearly passing out because of said issues that I won't go into specifically. You mean that time that I... Fuck. I know exactly who you're talking about. Somebody who needed a juice box. Oh, that one. I was thinking of a different person. Because... You know, they went a little hypoglycemic in the middle of the oh, session. And I and here's the thing about that. So we had a mutual friend that I banged. This was weird because I feel like if you and I were to have ever had... <laughs> this is getting real here. Oh, you mean like, together? Oh, he it would have been him. Yeah, totally. Because we had this conversation where he admitted it. If, oh, if yes, he no, put, say, say what he said. Say what he said. If he could put my brain in your body... It would, would be, be the, the perfect, perfect woman. woman. Uh-huh. So that's insulting on many levels for both of us. Well, yes, because I am a large woman. I embrace my curves. 
I have a healthy sex life, even when I didn't have my husband. You have more sex than I do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, yeah. But even when, before I met my husband and I was picking up at the bars, I was still a really curvaceous woman. And I didn't think that that held me back at all. I was like, you know what? I am hot and I can get what I want. And that's why I love you. And, you you know, for this man to look at me and say that, you know, like... Your personality, your intelligence, your your wit, your sass, you know, like, it turns me on. Mm-hmm. But your body repulses me. Like, for me... I mean, I don't know if it was a repulse thing. I don't know. I if, don't know about that. But I think that that... Who well, it's what it came across Who did he say as, that to? Did he say that to both of us? Uh, like, in person? Separate, I don't remember. No, he said it to both of us at separate, separate times. times. Because you called me it. and you were so mad. You're like... Do you know what he said? And I was like, honestly, he said it to me before. And you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you were just like, you were like two seconds away from flipping a table or just walking down to his house and being like, listen here, you douchebag. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was insulted too because. Well, yeah, no, I agree. Because it's like, yeah, it's nice to be considered hot or like that like you're attracted to me, but like. Hey, guess what? I do have a brain. Like, I do have yeah. a personality. No, exactly. I don't fucking lack personality. No. Like, when you think of me, do you think, oh, this girl who doesn't have a personality? Like, not. I don't that's know. not what comes to mind. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was interesting. But I ended up having well, sex it was, with him. It was terrible in the sense because we became really Ooh. good friends really fast. Did we get in a fight because of that? You and I, you you were a little miffed by it, but I wouldn't say we got into a fight. And describe I was, our fights. Our fights are interesting. We we haven't had we, a fight in a really long but time. But we fight good. We do. We do fight good. You know what I mean by that? Like if we have a disagreement, we talk it out. No, there'll be a couple of days of nothing. Yeah, but then we'll talk it out. We do always talk it out. Yeah, because I refuse to be that person who lets things lie. So I'm I'm that annoying little fucker that's like poke, poke yeah no hey, I am too me. but I think that's why it's good because we're but both you still like that but you still do need a cooling period cooling off period oh hell yeah I do I'm very much in agreement with that but yeah yeah so back to this guy because yeah. I want to talk about this yes guy, Let's talk because about. this bugged me so much mm-hmm. <sighs> we became really close friends after mm-hmm. you guys had fucked and that had died a horrible death disclaimer. This was a perfect example of sexual tension was better than the actual sex. <laughs> and that was just, that was so disappointing for me who would live vicariously through you. I was like, damn. Yeah, it just wasn't, we it just, wasn't, there was no chemistry. And what's weird is, is like, we had both thought this is going to be so much chemistry. Because the buildup, no, I remember no the buildup was for months because you were just telling me and I was like, the anticipation is kill me. You just need to bounce on that, please, dear God. Yeah. But we, yeah, we no. would like talk on like msn yeah which was like back in the msn days yeah he and i were mike was out he was a long-haul truck driver and you know this guy would be like hey do you want to come over and watch some tv do you just want to hang and i was like yes that'd be great Mm -hmm. and to me he was he had this persona of intelligence and culture and just confidence confidence in a weird way though yeah, it was, he came across as haughty, haughty, like haughty dotty to, to yeah. me a little bit, but in the sense that he felt like I was his equal and it was really 
It was really flattering. And Boyne knew how to talk. He did. He was really eloquent. And so he was like, do you want to come over and hang out? And I was like, yeah. So then this was over the summer when we were just like doing courses. Like we would have those few weeks of really intense courses, but then we'd have like three weeks of bird courses. And during those times, I would be over at his apartment every night and we'd just be watching Family Guy, chilling out, hanging out. doing. You were with Mike at this point. Let's, I was with Mike at this point. Let's make that clear. No, no, no. I, there was no, there was no, <laughs> no romantic no. feelings for my end. No, like, it was a companionship. Yeah. Like it was he, a companionship. He was a companion in the sense that he matched me mentally. Yeah. I found him attractive yeah i won't lie and i liked the attention that i got from him like he did flirt a little bit but suddenly at the end of that summer he fucking ghosted me yeah there was nothing it was suddenly we were no longer talking Mm -hmm. i couldn't get in touch with him but i think at that point he ghosted a lot of us yeah, it just kind of fell off. It just fell off. Like, and then suddenly, off. you know, he's got a wife and kids a year later. And I'm just like, what? I, isn't that fucked? A little bit. But closure is nice even when it is with friendships. Like, even with a friendship, it's good to get that closure of like, okay. What the fuck happened? Here's like, what's going on here? Like, let's either be on good terms or not be on good terms. Yeah. Like, it's a blessing in a way. Well, her. it's like. You know how you were talking about back in the day when we were, it was the three of us, you, me, and Heidi. Heidi and I had a horrendous falling out. So, can you give the general reason why there was a falling out there? Partly it was my fault, partly it was her fault. In the, I I even forget. So, I, I started dating Mike and I dropped people like i had i'd given her so much attention i'd given you so much attention i was the mother hen for that first year because i was four years older than all of you and you were like the mom yeah i was the person like yeah i got drunk with you but i also took care of you guys more than what a normal friend would do and then suddenly my attention was just 95 percent this boy and this happens a lot with friendships and it does oddly enough like I had a full note with my friend Shannon, who go back to our episode Makeup Breakups and Cam Girlin, because we talk about our fight, which happened because she was dating a serious boyfriend. Yeah. And was, this happens a lot with female friendships. Oh, honestly, it's, it's, it's not nine times out ten. It's, it's, it's them and only it's them. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge to stay friends and like yeah. keep that friendship going. And, it, and honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that you were in Annie Ganesh during the the height yes i was in annie ganesh when you got engaged i remember yeah. it. i remember getting the phone call yeah you, you were in annie ganesh during the height of my relationship with mike so mm-hmm. like we were already long distance friends quote unquote we were, yeah so it wasn't ldr we survived it we survived we did yeah but she didn't like it the attention that mm-hmm. i was no longer giving her and then because i was no longer giving her the attention that she deserved like that's how it, I've dropped the ball on it, mm-hmm. and then a lot of shit happened in my personal life that I just right like yes 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 yeah. yeah like I got pregnant, and mm-hmm. I remember just being like, I am twenty three years old and I am pregnant, and then not done school yet. I'm not done school. I'm yes. not the type of person who could ever have an abortion. I am pro-choice, but yeah. my choice would be to never do it. Right. You know, I, and it was just like for two days, I sat there in a daze thinking about it. It was, what am I going to do? I'm going to be a mother. And then 
I miscarried. Right. And suddenly that choice was no longer available to me. Right. It, it, it just happened. It just happened. And I mean, you know, I'd only been pregnant for maybe three or four weeks. <clears throat> I was just long enough for me to start getting some symptoms. Yeah. And then I tried to explain to Heidi or and our other roommate at the time. Oh, that yeah. The reason that I was and I was staying at my brother's house because he lived in Halifax and I stayed at his house for you three. You were gone for like most of it. Like three there was a, weeks. There straight. was a period of like living in that apartment together where like Heather was like never there. It, well, and the thing is, is like you can take that as a you thing. Yeah. Or you can step away from that and be like. She's going through something. And I needed my family. Like, my brother at the time, he understood what I was going through. And he was just like, listen, if you need to take a break from... Because I I was on a work term, so I didn't have class. It was just get up, go to work, come home. And he was just like, if you need to take a break from campus and to deal with this with you and Mike, you guys can live with us for as long as you like until whenever. And I was like, I'm already paying for this apartment. He's like, it's already paid for. This house is free. Just come and stay and hang yeah, out. Yeah, you'd with be us. paying for it either way. Yeah. And the thing is too is, is like you gotta understand, like this was a college dorm apart four bedroom. Yeah. So and it was me- four big e- and I would say big in different ways, but big personalities. Yeah. In one little space when you're yeah. going through this like traumatic well, you, and, thing. But you weren't even there, you would moved out. So that was an empty spell. Oh yeah, that's right. It was, that was just, Ganesh, it was yeah. just me and Heidi Same and her. our other roommate. And I was getting I I was in this this phase of being the person in the middle because I was friends with both of you. Yeah. And so I was getting her messages being like, I don't know what's going on with Heather. What's going on here? And then I was getting your messages. Of, of oh my God, my life is over. What's going on? And then I just you told her that you got pregnant. Yeah. I okay. explained it to her and her response was, this isn't a competition of whose life is worse. Mm. And then that was the anvil. That was the hammer on the anvil breaking the chain. And I said, you know what? You're not going to understand my reasoning. You're not going to listen to it. And I'm not going to try and explain myself anymore. Yeah. And we didn't talk for five years. It was a moment. It was it, it was a friendship-defining moment. It was. That changed kind of everything. If and Heidi, changed our dynamic completely as yeah, friends. If Heidi like, had been a man, we would have been breaking up. up at that point. Yeah. Friendship breakups are fucking real. Like, let me, let me damn tell, like, I've had a lot of really epic ones. Yeah. And they're damn real. They are. And they They feel like, as as if you were breaking up with somebody that you are in a relationship with. And it is a relationship. Mm -hmm. Except it's just a non-sexual relationship. It's a relationship that you're having emotion, like, strong emotional feelings for, you know. But it's just, it's different in its own way, but it's so similar. So similar. And so... You're now married. Yeah. You've been married to Mike for how long? Uh, seven years. Right. And, oh, update. I did get to be a bridesmaid in Heather's wedding. And it was a <laughs> lot of fun. Yes. That was such a good night. So, you and I got so sweaty. So much sweat. <sighs> um, And so back to, like, the kids thing. Yeah. Did you know when you married Mike that you wanted to have, like, kids with him? Like, I, I knew before I even married Mike. You I wanted, wanted to be a mom. You've yeah. always wanted to be. Everybody mom. told me they were like, "You're such a mom person." Because you You're... are. It's so true. I won a war. <laughs> I went to. Um, I went to this not exchange, but my university memorial had a campus in England, and it was thirty of us. And at the end of that semester, everybody got an award for like what was their personality quirk, like you know, most personable, most OCD, you know, most yeah. most reclusive, and I got the mom award. <laughs> 
And everybody was like, yep, you're the one taking care of me when I'm throwing up in the bathroom because I drank too many pints. And I was like, yes, that's me. I just have a very caring personality. You do. And I wanted to have a fucking baseball team full of kids. And when you got... So when you got married to Mike, did you guys start trying right away? Uh, within like, there within that back? year, within that first year, we started trying, and when I say we started trying, I mean <laughs> there was only one week of the month that we weren't having sex. It was the most sex I've ever had in my entire life, even with that honeymoon phase where Mike and I were at each other like bunnies. Like this was. What do you mean there was only one? Oh, when you were on your period? Yeah. That week? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it, what's the point? It's not, it's not. It I mean, was, increased it, we, lubrication. We, yeah. We enjoy, <laughs> we enjoyed the sex we were having, but it was with a duty and a purpose at that right. point. I, and I think I even remember that because I think I even remember you being like, I'm ovulating, so I gotta go. Yeah. Like, and I was like, just like, I was like, we're trying, you know? You and really I had, trying. I had no idea. That when I told people that I was trying, I expected myself to be pregnant within two months. My sister was ah. fertile as the fucking land that the potatoes grow in BEI. She looks at her husband and she's knocked up. My mother got knocked up so easily. And I was like, yeah, Interesting. this will so be great. Kinda, you kind of looked at the women in your family and thought... The- this happened for them, so this is exactly what's going to yeah. happen Yeah, and, and then it didn't. we were trying for... We tried hardcore for nine months with no, nothing happening. And then I went to the doctor and I said, so we're having a lot of sex and this isn't happening. And I'm just curious if it's because we're just timing it wrong or if there's maybe something wrong with him. Right. Or, yeah. Never thought it was something to me because I'd gotten pregnant in when I was in university. Right. Was you that know? your first time getting pregnant? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have, wa- I wouldn't have wasted so much money on Plan B. But I digress. So, question: Before you were married, yeah, and when, like, were you using condoms or were you just on the pill? We did a. Sorry, Mike. We did a combination of we did nothing. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, like it was, it was as bare as it can be. And he would, we would have sex. And then when it got close to him being like, hey, I'm getting there, I, he'd, pull out. he'd pull out. So you did the pull and pray? He'd, no, he'd slap on a condom. Oh. And then we would finish. Interesting. So there because, was like probably pre cum happening there. I'm, I'm so sorry, Mike. He doesn't dribble before he shoots. Right. Ever. Yeah. It's a dry as a desert. So I had no concerns. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, but once he went, I mean, he went. <laughs> So, anyway, that's so what we're saving up. Yeah, exactly. Was, I don't know. Maybe he just has really strong internal muscle control. It's really interesting how so many guys are different about that. But anyway, oh yeah. I mean, I once was with a guy who leaked so much. Like I was just like, "Wow, are you pissing yourself?" Like it was. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's very true. Like, the, and you can usually tell during oral, like the wet patch during the underwear. I was just like, "All so, right," I'm like okay, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah, like I went to the doctor mm-hmm. and she was just like, okay, I'll give you a referral to the fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. And we went to the fertility clinic and that was probably the most intense three months of my life. Right. They poked, they prodded, they took so much blood. So what's that? A lot, just a lot of blood tests. Blood tests and ultrasounds. And I had a history of 
uh, cysts in my ovaries. Mm. So I had a surgery when I was in my early 20s before I before we'd met. Um, and they removed a cyst the size of a grapefruit from one of my ovaries. And they removed one Jesus. the size of 11 from my other fallopian tube. A grapefruit? A grapefruit, yeah. And it was filled with a liquid. So had it burst, I would have gone into septis, seps, sepsis. Sepsis? Uh, sepsis? sepsis? Yeah, yeah. Where I basically right. I would have had an entire, I would have had a blood infection. Oh, and it was very dangerous for me to keep this cyst in me. And it just wasn't going away. Right. So they they went in surgically. They cut open me at the top of my pubic bone, um, about six inches. So like, you know, I have a scar there. It looks like my, vag- my vagina is smiling. You know, anyway, so they removed that. I'd asked the doctor at the time, I said, is this going to affect me for having children in the future? Because at the time I knew I wanted to be a mom. And he's like, no, you should have no problems. He's like, it was a clean surgery. Which it's like, I don't like when doctors do that because how do they know? Exactly. And I mean, they can't guarantee they, they, okay. they didn't go back in after I had healed to see what happened. Right. And apparently I'm an overhealer in the sense that I built up a lot of scar tissue after the surgery. So through the fertility clinic, we found out that Mike is perfectly fine. He's, he's as Was healthy he as a horse. Was he doing like sperm tests? He did a sperm test. He had to, he had to go in a cup and drop it off, you know, within two hours of going in the cup. I wasn't even allowed to help. Couldn't eat because if my saliva had gotten in it, right. it would have con- contaminated oh. the sample. Huh. Couldn't even use my head. He couldn't even use lube. Really? Yeah. He's like, he's like, it was the driest orgasm of my life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, and I mean, it was really clinical at the time too. And we were just stressing out because we didn't know what was going on because we've been trying and trying. Yeah. Anyway, and then it came back that I have scar tissue built up from the surgery with my cysts, and I had um, abnormally small ovaries, which gets me to this day because that doctor who removed those cysts, he was up close and personal with my ovaries. You think he would have fucking pointed it out to me at the time so that I would have known and not have been sidelined when the doctor said, you're only ever going to get pregnant if you go through IVF. And then that day, I cried so much I threw up. Mm. It was possibly the worst day of my life. And I shit you not, it was December 24th. Mm. It was Christmas Eve. And Mike was in shock. He was like, that. he's like, he didn't say that you can't have kids. I was like, no, but he said that we need thousands upon thousands of dollars of medical intervention to have a child. And are you willing to try to go into debt hundreds and thousands of dollars just for a 20% chance that it's going to work. That's the thing about IVF. That's yeah. what's crazy about it. It works, but some people go four or five rounds. That's $60,000. I just can't, like, I can't. I, I would have, lo- no matter what would have happened, if I had a child through IVF, I would have loved it. But part of me would have resented the fact that they put me in so much debt that their life would have effect- been affected because I right. would have been able to give them the life that they deserve because I would be paying off this money for the rest of my life. It's almost like it's meant for just really, really rich people who yes. have that income consistently. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's can, definitely like, a financial just, barrier. Can just pay for it and like do the thing and like take the rest because whatever, it's just 20 grand or whatever it is. Like... Yeah, I, you know, I know people who have the money and were able to do IVF and it didn't succeed and they were heartbroken though. So in the same sense, why would I spend this money just to be heartbroken in the end anyway? Uh So then we put it behind us and, you know, we had some really 
heartfelt conversations where I said, am I enough for you? You know, like if you can't have children with me is me just me. Yeah. But it's a conversation you have to have because some people like they don't get married because somebody doesn't want to have kids and somebody does, you know, it is a deal breaker for some people. It is. And for us, we wanted kids. Yeah. But suddenly it was suddenly something that we could no longer have. And then he said, you're enough. You are more than enough. I'm happy. We have our dogs. We can be parents to our dogs. You can be parents to me still. Yes, I will be your mother till the rest of for the rest of my life. <laughs> Sorry, Linda. Anyway, and then you know, that was fine. I'd given up on the thought. But then You did, because there was a time that you were and I just even remember just as being your friend at that time, the language you were using around the situation was it's just not gonna happen. It's just not. Yeah, and it wasn't. that's kind of what yeah. you and were putting I, out there. Like, And for some reason, like, half of me was, like, soul-crushing. It was heartbreaking. As a woman, yeah. I felt like a failure. Like, my biological drive was broken. That's what I was going to ask. Like, what that feels like. Because so much pressure is putting on, put on us as women just because we have these uterus things. Like, that we should be using them. We should be using and, them, yeah. And, like, I, I don't know if this is a nature versus nurture, but there's a genetic drive at some point that you look at a baby and I swear to God, your ovaries clench and you're like, yep, I want one of these. Uh-huh. And even women I know that don't want children, they say, yeah, sometimes like I sometimes have these happens. thoughts where I, I think, yeah, I could do this. I get it every now and then when I see a baby kitten. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just, it's in our DNA. Like mm-hmm. life is meant to reproduce the whole mm-hmm. purpose of life outside of intelligent life, which is us is just live, reproduce, die. And the cycle continues. Or just live and die. But even, no, well, not for us. Yeah, but <laughs> for, for, us, like, for other creatures right. yeah, 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 in the world, it's That's live, nature. reproduce. It's just your drive is just to reproduce. And for me, it just felt like, okay, so I can't reproduce now. I am a failure as a human being and as a woman. Mm-hmm. But, and that's really sucky that that's instantly where you went went with it you know yeah but i mean that could also just be my personality but the other i think this is something that any woman who's dealt with this probably goes to yeah and the other half of me was so fucking elated and happy ecstatic that i wasn't going to have children it took the choice out of my hands I was no longer going to have to devote my life to another person other than my husband. I didn't have to share my love with anybody other than my husband. Interesting. I never knew you felt that way. Yeah. So well, how have you felt kind of relieved in a way? Oh, so relieved. So relieved. It was, and, and you know what that came with? A fuck ton of guilt. Right. Because I knew I wanted to be a mom, but the uh, this new part of me just surfaced when I realized that, no, it's not happening. I have my life to my, for myself. I can live my life the way I want for as long as I want. You know, like Mike yeah. and I can go on, on vacations to Europe. We can just decide suddenly, like, if we want to take a weekend and go somewhere, we don't have to worry about babysitters. We don't have to worry about anything like that. Like, yeah, we have a dog. It's a responsibility, but it's not the same as a child. No, no. And I felt so guilty for having these thoughts. Did you talk about that with Mike? Like, those feelings? Of, yeah. Like, well, because I said to him, I was like, I'm happy. And I'm heartbroken at the same time. And he was just like, for him, it's different. He always wanted to have kids. He still wants to have kids. I don't think his 
side of happiness of being independent and being without this responsibility is as strong as mine is. And I feel a little bad about it sometimes, but I'm selfish and I wanted my life for myself. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I don't don't feel, I don't feel any, any embarrassment in saying it. The fact that you know that is a good thing. Yeah. Rather than some people who might feel that way and not say it because they think they have to be a mom or they have to, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. It's, it's being a woman is bullshit. Yeah. I mean, like even me, like kind of going through a, I guess you would say a cancer scare, although it's not really. It's abnormal. It's self. a little bit of a concern. I've had the um, same. I, I, same I don't issue usually pop up. have normal path test results, and so I have to go through all these things. And it's like I'm a single woman with no prospects at 30, and like yeah, that's still young. But as a woman, it gets engraved in you at like 17 that like you're ticking clock and yeah. like it's not you're not so, always going to have the choice to get pregnant. Yeah. So, so like, get, get on that. Do you know what they call a pregnancy after the age of 34, Geriatric. 36? Geriatric. I know this from Sandra because Sandra and Jesse did the podcast and she is, I think, 35 or 36. And she, and she was considered geriatric. And I'm like, pregnancy. geriatric is my fucking grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like four years short of that. But well, I don't have a part. Like, the thing is, is like, it's interesting you and I talking about this because you're coming from the perspective of long term relationship, long term marriage like wanting to create a family and I'm coming from it of like I don't even have a partner so like in if my you mind wanted to do it you would be a single mom I would be a single mom I would be paying 20 grand for IVF plus like I'd have to oh, no, a no. sperm you, donor you, you, you donor, wouldn't have like, to do IVF you could honestly I mean I don't know you could go to the sperm clinic grab the vial grab your turkey baster have some mood lighting <laughs> get yourself into it <laughs> And Neil, you could base yourself. Neil, Neil's going to be my tricky baser buddy. Yeah. We already decided this. Exactly. Um, but like, it's, there are cheap ways to get into it too. I mean, that's true. But, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm fertile. I might have the same issues. Like, no, that's and the honestly, thing about it. we don't know our fertility. Like, and that's the thing. Like you're told you only have so many eggs, right? Yeah. I went off birth control because I was like, I want to see how my body works without being controlled by these pills. Yeah, exactly. And when I realized that I was still getting periods, like, around the same time as when I did when I was on the pill and, like, everything's still going, it was a relief because I was like, oh, okay, I must be ovulating. Yep. But then I found out, apparently, that short, really short cycles is a sign that you're actually not ovulating. So I don't fucking know what's going on. If you're not ovulating, it just means you're holding on to your eggs. It doesn't mean holding that you don't. Holding on to them. It doesn't mean that you don't have them. Right. Like for me, I have, because of the size of my ovaries, I have a limited number of eggs. Mm. I should be on birth control right now because last summer I did get pregnant. Right. Okay. Should we talk about that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. So, and you had texted me this. Oh, did you text I, me or call I texted everybody because this was... The fucking Hail Mary Immaculate Conception. Mike and I, our friends were trying to have a baby and Mike suddenly got really, not nostalgic, but he was like, you know what? There's, the doctor said there was like a 10% chance we could get pregnant naturally. Do you just want to maybe have sex around the time that you might be ovulating just to increase that chance? And I was like, you know what? Because you were still banging. Just regular. Yeah. And honestly, because. But this was more structured. Yeah. And because we didn't need because i was told that i was never going to get pregnant naturally 
the condoms went out the door right. like four years ago. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Fuck those things. I mean, I love those things. They're great. But I mean, if you're with a, someone you trust, fuck those things. No, exactly. <laughs> and like, you know, like it was, it was just something that it became a part of our lives that we just didn't use protection. And I was like, you know what? Okay. Don't get your hopes up, but we'll do it. But, you know, we tried, we've been trying for five years and we've been unsuccessful. So let's just, let's just take it as, you know, let's be realistic about it. Mm -hmm. So we started trying in May around the same time. And then I got my period and I was like, you know, I was disappointed as because there's still that small party that just hopes. And then in June we tried again and then we decided to go to Toronto for my, our wedding anniversary. Oh, and yeah, at the time, yeah, hotel at the t- room, right? Yeah, well, at the Airbnb at the time, I was getting really thirsty and I was peeing a lot, and I was convinced I had diabetes. Like I was like, "This is it! I've got type two diabetes. All of this hard eating, hard drinking, hard lifestyle has caught up with me finally." Because I am drinking like six liters of water a day, and if anybody knows me, I abhor drinking water. I hate it. I think it's like I just don't like it. And I was just pissing every hour. And I was like, okay, I have to see the doctor when I get home. I have diabetes. And then I was talking to my mom and she's like, she's like, you haven't complained about period cramps in a while. And I was like, uh, hang on. And I went to my phone. And I looked period up, tracker. Period tracker. P tracker. Yeah. I used this one called flow. Yeah. I used P tracker and it was like, uh, your period is nine days late. And I was like, uh, mom. My period's late. She's like, yeah, but your period's been late before. Don't get your hopes up because my mother has been with me yeah. through this entire adventure. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I was like, we'll go to Toronto. When I come back, if it's still not there, I'll take a pregnancy test and laugh when it comes up negative. So, okay, like, I have a question about this. Well, You're obviously thinking about this every day because not one girl who's having unprotected sex who's nine days late isn't thinking every hour on the hour, like, no, 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 am at, I pregnant? No, at this point, because I'd had so many disappointments it literally didn't even cross my mind. Very true. And I had been told by medical professionals that the chances of me getting pregnant naturally were slim to none. So I was like, fuck it, whatever. And then we went, we drove to Toronto from Ottawa, which is where we live. And we were like, okay, we'll just stay in the Airbnb. And there was a Harry Potter bar that was close to our Airbnb. And I love Harry Potter. It is my life. Yes. I am a pop culture geek for Harry Potter. Like I have tattoos and everything. Yeah. Anyway. I was like, we're going to Harry Potter bar and we're getting drunk on butterbeer. And he's like, you haven't had your period in nearly a week and a half. I would be more comfortable if you took a pregnancy test to check first before you decide to get drunk. I was like, Psh, fuck, whatever. So we went to Dollarama and bought the cheap dollar pregnancy test. Yeah. I shit you not. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, well, it's better to take it in the morning. I'll take it tomorrow morning, whatever. So we get in the hotel room or the airbnb and we're chilling out and we're just relaxing and then we go to bed and because at the time mike snored horrendously he slept in another room i love my husband but for the sanity of myself i need him to sleep in another room (laughs) when he snores he has since fixed that he doesn't snore anymore and we are back in one room but at the time we slept in separate rooms so he had one room of the airbnb i had the other i woke up 1 30 in the morning and i had to piss again i was like fuck yeah. okay diabetes i have diabetes and i walked and I, I walked by and on the counter was this pregnancy test ready for me to take the next morning and i was like 
Might as well take it now. I'm, I'm gonna up. take this shit now. I'm up. <laughs> this was late because you text. Did you text me when this happened? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was two late o'clock, at night. Two o'clock in the morning. And then yeah. I took it, and Mike gets up because he's got to pee, and I'm sitting on the toilet looking at this pregnancy test, and it's positive. Oh my god! And I look up, and I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he goes, he's asleep. He's like, what? I was like, I'm fucking pregnant. He's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> And I said it three times, and then he goes, okay, but I really got to pee. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, okay. So I get up. I'm standing in the kitchen of the Airbnb holding this pissy pregnancy stick. And I'm like, so this is what this feels like. Okay. And, like, my life is flashing before my eyes, and it's like, okay, goodbye, independence. Goodbye, you know, no responsibility. This is now my life. Told everybody. Told everybody. Yeah. Because I was told that it was never going to happen. So, of course, I told everybody. So, this is what I always wonder when people get pregnant. Why? I'm always very curious about the whole who you tell right away. Because, obviously, there is a time frame that you, like, keep it off social media and you don't tell. Yeah. You don't tell the general public until you're, like, three months long or, no, or whatever I, it is. No, I told like, my five best friends. And you told your family. And I told my mother right. and my father. I yeah. called my father at 2.30 in the morning. He's like, are you in an accident? Are you at the hospital? Are you dead? I said, no, I'm pregnant. He said, what the fuck? Yeah. Because there's no way I could keep that in either. No. And then yeah. dad was like... I was like, go wake up mom. He's like, no. And I was like, what do you mean no? He's like, let her sleep. She won't sleep for the rest of the night if she finds out you're pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. So then at 6.30 the next morning, I called my mother and I told her. Anyway, so yeah, I told everybody. I sent a picture of my fucking positive pregnancy test yeah. to you, to D, to Mel, to Lindsay, to Laura, all my friends. I freaked the fuck out. I freaked the fuck out. And then... But you were like, this is it. I, I'm going back to bed now. Bye. And I was just like, what? What? Is, what? I know. I know. It was like, okay, look. My uterus works. Yay. Proof that I am no longer a failure as a woman. But I think you did put a discla- like a disclaimer on your text it's message. Every, everyone. Like, was, you were it was, like... It's super early. I'm not getting my hopes up. But I had already gotten my hopes up. The minute, of course you do. The minute I saw two lines, my hopes yeah. were already up. Yeah, absolutely. I was picturing cribs and restless nights and breastfeeding i was picturing it all Mm. and then i was pregnant for about six weeks Mm -hmm. and then suddenly one night i started to bleed and it was heartbreaking and mike and i just cried for that was that was and i mean you know spotting is normal but this was this was pouring out of me sorry if this is like it's well a i was just gonna ask like what it actually is like 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 you know a heavy period when you sneeze and you get that kind of rushing flowing feeling mm-hmm. it's like that but non-stop and then i remember calling my sister because she was the only person i could think of that i would want to talk about it with and she was on the phone with me and i was crying and i was like mm-hmm. it's just coming out of me i don't understand and she's like go to the hospital so we went to the hospital and they gave me a referral to a women's clinic. And the next day we got an ultrasound. And the baby was still alive. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? And for three weeks, that little fucker held on. And I honestly, I wish it had just been done and over with that mm. night. Because for me to think for three weeks, will it or won't it? Will it or won't right. it? You know? And then suddenly... We had to go get ultrasounds every single week at that point because I was on a high risk because of the bleeding. And 
I remember my little niece was visiting from Nova Scotia up to Ontario. She was nine years old. She could travel by herself and our father put her on a plane and I was taking care of her. And it was her and me and my dad had come up to visit. And I remember walking through this museum in Ottawa because she really wanted to see the airplanes and I could just feel it starting to pour out of me. And then like, it just wasn't stopping. I spent the entire day in the bathroom at a museum somewhere in the city of Ottawa miscarrying. Oh my God. And then the next day we had that appointment and there was no more baby. It, I'd, I'd lost it. And then we, um, they gave me pills to help it go through. They gave me some narcs, which helped with the whole emotional aspect. I won't lie. I took those even though I wasn't in pain just so that I could get high and not realize, not deal with it. Oh man. I know. Fuck. And then, you know, Mike and I kind of just held each other and whatever. But in the same sense, I got pregnant naturally. You did. Yeah. I know I can do it. That's very true. So it doesn't, it doesn't take away from, like, I don't feel like this was a horrendous experience that means that I'll never get pregnant yeah. ever again. I got pregnant. It was, it's a step further than I've it's ever hope. been. It's, it's some yeah. hope. Yeah. So yeah. right now I am in the process of getting surgery for my bad back and I'm not allowed to get pregnant. So I have to wait two years before Mike and I can try again. And we're going to try again after that. Because you're working on your health and getting yourself healthy. Yeah. And I feel like if I, I was a healthier person, mm. I might have had a better, a more successful pregnancy. Mm. And right now I'm working on getting me in tip top shape. And when I am, Mike and I will try again. And you know what? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But now because I got pregnant that one time. I'm okay with the idea of adopting and if by the time we're 40 we don't get pregnant naturally and I don't have a child of my own we're gonna go and we're gonna adopt good for you I'm gonna be an old mother but I don't care so and was IVF ever an option in your mind no yeah never too much money too expensive if somebody wanted if somebody wanted to pay for it I'd be like hey yeah you know but But adopting is also pretty yeah, because I don't want to adopt publicly because unfortunately the children in the public adoption, they have a lot of issues that I'm selfishly enough aware enough that I don't want to deal with. Mm. Fetal alcohol syndrome, abandonment issues, drug dependencies. Like mm. a lot of these children are older. I want a baby from some 16 year old unwed mother. I'm sorry. Heather has often said that if I ever get knocked up, I would take your I, baby. I better be keeping it and giving it to her. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to raise your own child, I will take your baby Which happily. Which is weird because I think I have both the. I oddly enough don't think I would have born at this point. Which is crazy because I hey, really don't choice. want a kid at this point because I'm barely taking care of myself in terms of money. But adoption but, is also. But there comes a time in your life, I think, when you're at a certain age, and especially me knowing your story and all these women who have been trying so hard to get pregnant and it's not working, in my mind, I'm like, if I ever got pregnant, I would just have the thought in my mind of like, maybe this is my time or maybe this is is it for me because guess what girl single girl does not have a I don't I don't have a long term there are women who are single mothers and they're doing amazing jobs um I'm not naming names but one of my friends is single mom and it is hard but you know what she's 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 making it work and that little 
child of hers is going to be amazing. He is going to be well-rounded and he is going to know that he is loved by not only his mother, but by everyone in his life. Right. And, And I totally respect that. And I totally believe in that. But for me, it's just like, well... You know, I get to a point in my monthly paycheck where I have six dollars in my bank account, and so how the heck? Yeah, well, would I want obviously to... it's not a time for you. You gotta it is get not. You, you gotta get shit together in your life before you try to decide that you're Hell gonna do yeah. that. Like when and Mike that's and the I, thing. yeah, like when Mike and I decided that we were gonna start trying, we were financially secure. Yeah, you know, like it was. <sighs> it was things were like we don't own our house, which I wish we did, but in Ottawa real estate is ridiculous so we didn't own a house but I knew that we had shelter we had money we were able to provide yeah I work for the federal government I was gonna get a year off mat leave anyway so so it's an ideal situation and that's the thing like but like for you yeah like and that's why when I think about it I'm like if I were to get pregnant accidentally I like there's no way I would be trying at this point but if it were to happen accidentally it would be very hard for me not to keep that baby. No, exactly. Because I am 30. However, if there was that opportunity that you just didn't want it, I'd totally take it. <laughs> and the thing is, too, is, is like, I've made jokes to people being like, I'll be a surrogate. I'll, like, I, I've made those jokes. And in a way, I'm just like, it's the best gift you can give someone. My sis- it is literally the most selfless, best thing my sister, you could do for someone's life. My sister offered to be a surrogate for me and my husband. But it goes back to the IVF costs where I it's just too high of a risk and I'm a sh- chicken shit. I don't want to take the risk. So here's another question. Yeah. And this is maybe something and I and I really do want this to be an honest, frank conversation for like this hasn't been honest and frank enough <laughs> it, as it, it is. is. But we're about to get even more honest and frank. But okay. I, I do think that there's probably people listening that are going through this and this is something that so I have two questions for you. One is which what does it feel like to be someone who's going through this and then seeing people around you get have babies, get pregnant, have pregnancies, <sighs> people close to you that you love, like people who you're gen- you're genuinely happy for these people. Oh, I'm genuinely, but, genuinely happy for the people in my life that get pregnant, but yeah. I fucking hate them in the same very breath. Mm-hmm. I love them with all of my heart and soul, but I am so jealous that it yeah. eats me up inside. And one yeah. of my my closest friends is pregnant. Yeah. And it got to a point where I even I had to text her and I said, you know what? I need a few days away from this because it's just hitting too close to home for me right now. Mm-hmm. Because I would be seven months pregnant right now and we would be experiencing this together. And for the fact that we have been friends since we were nine years old. A long time. You know, like for us to the, the idea that I could have been experiencing this with, with her side by side you know and that it abruptly got taken away from me the fact that she's now experiencing it like i just i couldn't deal with it i had i had a little bit of a psychotic break a couple of months ago like i just i cried i was like i'm alone i am absolutely alone every single person that i love is either pregnant or has children Mm -hmm. and i said Except for Sarah, but she doesn't count because she's Sarah and she's separate from... I'm pointing at myself right now because because this came out of a conversation that you and I had over text because we started catching up. Yeah. And you let it all out and you were just like, I can't talk about this with anyone else because everyone else has a baby or they're like having a baby or like, they've had a baby like like there's some baby in their life and it's just like with me it's like there's no babies 
fucking yeah, talk to me. But talk to in, me, the girl. Sa- in the same <laughs> sense, you're not in the same situation as me where you're, you're single. Yeah. You're not trying. I'm not trying, yeah. Like, I am married in a long-term relationship with my husband and... You know, it's something that we wanted to do and we should be on the same path as all of my other friends. But I feel like I'm at this crossroads where I can't cross the street, but you're parallel to me. You're on another road completely. Like you, yeah. your life is completely different from completely mine right different. now. Yeah. Like it doesn't take away from, from anything, but it's just, we just don't have that similar connection, you we know, don't. but I can totally understand the, no, and I, I, I can I, totally understand the resentment. Yeah. Or the... The, because, the jealousy. Because it's, I feel that way a lot about when I see people get into relationships. Yeah. No, and I understand that. Because that's something that... You want that to have. That I really, really want. And I think I deserve. And yet it's not happening. Exactly. Not Just cha- change that to a baby. Exa- and that's exactly same, how I feel. It's the same kind of thing. It's kind of like, it does, what am I doing wrong that's preventing me from yeah, getting this life? But like, then I feel horrendously guilty because... You don't... They, yeah. they never did anything wrong. They've done nothing wrong. This but is misplaced jealousy. Is I feel is. this jealousy towards these people who have not done anything to me except live their life the way that they wanted to. And just because they were had the luck of having, you know, a working uterus that I don't have, that they get this gift and I don't get it. And it's just... So I, I feel this resentment and then I automatically immediately afterwards feel this immense sense of guilt yeah you know such a vicious fucking cycle and then it just it just keeps going and going and turning so it came to the point where i was like i need a few days away from you to deal with this her response oh she said okay i love you yeah text me when you're better because here's the thing like if you're really close with someone yeah and if you know their struggles and if you know fuck I'm not going to hold myself back from getting this because I also want it. So I'm, you know, if I get pregnant, I get pregnant. But like, I can't imagine too, like telling a friend who's been through multiple miscarriages and infertility, like I'm pregnant because a part of you is like, I want to be happy with my best friend. I want to gush over this and I want to have this moment with my best friend. She she told me, yeah, yeah. she told me the day it happened and I, I cried happy tears. I was so happy for her. Exactly. You know, my first reaction wasn't immediate resentment and or jealousy. It was, it was like absolute joy. You experienced that behind closed doors. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a, that's a mechanism. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to, to let her know that kind of stuff and for me it was more so i just need to deal with my own shit and then it kind of hit me in the face when i realized because i was i was at her house and i saw her sonograms on her fridge and i was like i didn't realize that you had sonograms and she's like i didn't want to show them to you because i knew that you were having a hard time there you go and i said no empathy there and i said no I want to see these because you know what? I'm going to love this child as if it was my own. Mm-hmm. And it kind of smacked me in the face that no, I, yeah, I'm dealing with this shit, but I'm going to deal with it as best as I can, but I'm going to be there for her and her child. And I'm going to do as much as I can to, to just like, I've kind of got to compartmentalize mm-hmm. and it sucks. But I feel like every woman who's going through what I'm going through has to compartmentalize because you're never going to be away from a part of your life that's going to have children in it. Like, if your family has nieces, nephews, your friends are going to have babies, you know, unless you have somebody who's also going through the exact same thing as you, you have to be able to just close that part off of you and yeah. just 
be able to be with these people who are having babies and just be there in the present and then kind of just you know when you're by yourself or with your husband and just deal with that heartbreak on your own because that heartbreak and like those feelings you experience are fucking real and this is something probably a lot of women go through and my next question like is just like why do you think women aren't more open about stuff like this because this is real shit like this is this is the realness of the situation. I feel it goes back to the whole point of feeling like a failure as a woman. Like, it's... And also society. Yeah. It's not something that's talked yeah. about. And maybe it's gotten it's a little not. bit... It's gotten a little bit better in the last couple of years. But it's yeah. not something that you talk about. Because to talk about it means to admit that you are failing as a woman. Quote, unquote. Like, personally, I can't speak for anybody else. But personally, I feel like my status as a woman was diminished by the fact that I'm unable to carry a child to term. Yeah. And I, I just feel like maybe that could be part of it. Other women just might feel like it's a private thing. It is extremely private. Yeah. I am a very open individual. I will talk about anything to anyone. I don't hold back. That's why she's on the show. Yeah, exactly. Like this is why I'm talking about this. But some women, it's just, it's a very personal, private thing to deal with. You yeah. have to, essentially, you are losing it. Like, even if, if you miscarry, you are losing a child that, you know, mm-hmm. could But remember, too, like, did you, when did you reach the point where you, and maybe you haven't reached it yet, who knows, but, like, did you ever reach a point where you were like, okay, this isn't me, this is a body thing, this is a physical thing happening and this is not this is not your soul or you doing this this is not your fault you i've know, never, i haven't gotten to that point yet you haven't gotten so no. there you go honestly That's like just, I'm, I'm having a little bit of an epiphany right now by you saying that it's not you your soul is a mother yeah and i'm probably you know I, like honestly, you are a mother in your soul like you like this is deep as shit but like <laughs> but you are yeah. and what whether that is coming out in your life in the the form of your own child or other people's children yeah or caring for people around you like you have that i'm nurturing and you're going to do it no matter what the situation is yeah so i think it's like you have to almost you have to really fucking dive deep when you go through something like this to realize like this is not my fault this is like your uterus you can't help your uterus it's not like we have something in us being like oh they're scarring on here you better get it checked out like like (laughs) there's nothing telling you we can't have doctor's appointments every day. Do you know what I mean? No, I know. I know. You honestly, can only do so much for what you know about your own body. Yeah. So honestly, I I I haven't gotten to that point in my life where I can accept that yet. But you're getting there. Yeah, I think I'm getting I, there. I do think you're getting there. Like I'm more open about talking about adoption with Mike. I'm more open about talking about the fact that, yeah, we might get pregnant when I'm done with all of my taking care of myself and getting my surgery and and the recovery that I'm going to have. I might get pregnant on my own. I might carry it to term. I might not. Having gone through it already, and this, I feel, is not this what other women experience. Mm. I feel like having gone through it already, I can deal with it if it happens again a little bit better. There you go. I, I've exp- I've experienced you must have just like, going through all of it. I've experienced it once. I can imagine that if I go through it a second time, it won't be as jarring. It won't be as shocking. And I think I've mentally prepared myself 
that if it happens again, yeah, I think I'll be okay. And if it does happen again, I'll deal with it when it comes. But there like, you, you know, five years ago when I was told by a doctor in a, in a very sterile office that my chances of getting pregnant were 10%. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go and be like, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, I did it. It's like, fuck you. I, I at is. least got there. Yeah, no. I got there and I, I didn't there. get all the way, but I got there. But you got pretty, pretty far. Yeah, far enough. Enough that I really don't like pregnancy symptoms. <laughs> so, did you, what were like, what, what did you, what kind of symptoms did you experience? Uh, this was six weeks, right? Uh, no, I lost it at nine. Nine? nine. Oh, I, it was longer than I thought. Yeah. So, so that's was, like, I was three weeks away from less what? than three months, but uh, two and a half months. Right. Yeah. So I, I, the peeing and the drinking was the worst. I was like constantly drinking water. water. Double. I was. Yeah. We should clarify. Clarify. It was a drinking podcast. Yeah. Drinking water. I was double fisting. Uh, yeah. I had a glass of ice and I had a liter bottle of water and I was just constantly filling it up. And it felt like there was a balloon in my body. It was really weird, you know? Yeah. And it felt like, like it just, it felt like my uterus was rebelling against me, <laughs> you know, like. I feel that way and I'm not even And it was cramping. Out. Like, I had a lot of cramps, too. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was weird. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I've i had a couple pregnant oh, my... women on and I always ask them, I'm like, what the fuck does it feel like? Like, I just want to know what it feels like. Like, my boobs felt like a kangaroo had just kicked the <laughs> shit out of them. <laughs> Tender AF. Oh, man. Like, yeah. and honestly, the, the day that I knew that I was no longer pregnant was the day I woke up and my boobs didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. So... Like, for me, that was, like, the biggest symptom was, like, my boobs hurt. What the hell? It's just crazy what, like, the hormones can do. Yeah. And, like, even even just the smallest little things. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, like, there were certain foods that turned me off. I couldn't drink yeah, coffee. Yeah, I've heard about that. Like, aversions to food. Yeah, I couldn't it's drink like coffee. Food. And um, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I love coffee. Yes, we as we, we met, As we know. We met over coffee. Yep. Yeah. And I made her one just before the show. My favorite meal is Greek Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Chicken Slovakia. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And a pita. Yep, yeah, Like it. a pita, chicken Slovakia pita. And yep. I get it every time I go anywhere where there's a Greek restaurant. I went out with my friend and I ordered this Greek pita. And I was sitting there and I was so excited to eat it. And I took the first bite. It tasted like fucking sawdust. That's so heartbreaking. And I was Especially just like. when it's like your favorite pita. I know. And my friend looked at me and she was like. It looks like this pita has personally offended you. What's going on? I was like, it doesn't taste like delicious happiness anymore. Delicious garlicky, garlic yeah, like lemon oregano wonderfulness. And she was like, she lost her shit. She just laughed at me. I was like, you don't understand. Like this is my go-to meal, and I can't eat this right now. What the <laughs> fuck am I gonna do? Another question for you before we wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. we'll wrap it up. Um, but. What I always think about when I hear about people going through this, you must get a lot of standard responses or things people say to be nice, which is like probably one of the top ones will be, well, why don't you just adopt? And I think not a lot of women talk about the fact that, and I've talked about this with some of my single girlfriends, like us just kind of talking about motherhood and like the idea of it. And it's like... Not everyone really wants to do that. No, and I didn't for a really long time. It's almost like people make you feel obligated to do it just because it's an option. 
Yep, I agree. And honestly, for a really long time, I felt if I cannot have a biological child that is half me and half Mike, I don't want anything because I felt like I couldn't love it. I wouldn't be able to love it. Uh But it took, honestly, it took my best friend having a baby and me holding him in my arms and me saying that I love this child more than I love myself Mm. to realize that I could love a child that's not mine. That's beautiful. (laughs) That's really beautiful, Heather. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, it wasn't me. Who had the baby? No, no. no. <laughs> it, was, it was my girlfriend back home. She had a gorgeous little baby but that's boy. The thing, and that's why I said, like, you are a mom. Like, yeah. because you're you're a nurturer to all these babies. I, I honestly, you? like, I always said to, to Mike and to my girlfriends, if fate has it that I will never be a mother to a child of my own, mm-hmm. I will be the best goddamn aunt that every child in my life a has ever godmother seen. godmother and, yeah. like... Yeah. Yeah. Like Honorary and Yeah, exactly. Like, like hell yeah. So hell yeah you're gonna be. I mean, I'm I don't have a lack of children in my life and I'm yeah. okay with And that. it's probably both a challenge and a blessing in a way to have all these like it's a challenge in that you're dealing with the fact that they're having babies and you're not. Yeah. But it's it's a blessing in a way because, because you're I love filling all of that them. you're filling that yeah, that void. That but I, void. and I, and I love every single one of them. Yeah, hell yeah, you do. Like, like some of them I don't know well, but I still love them. Of course. You know, and some you I love lo- kids. You're just, you like, you like kids. Yeah, my, my ovaries clench every time I see a child. I so this lie. is the opposite of my friend Mark, who made the choice to have a vasectomy and chose to go child free by choice. Oh, and you know what? I respect that a hundred percent. Yep. Like, women who are in their 20s and want to have a hysterectomy or have their tubes tied, more fucking power to them. It's what it is. I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's Being a woman is a crazy journey, but, like, yep. we can't let the anatomy define us. Like, no, that's and I just kind of what it comes down to. And yeah. it's just like, and I think about it, too, and I'm like, I'm not someone who particularly wants kids. I'm not good with them. God, am I not good with that? I remember when Rebecca, when I had Rebecca, when she was a baby, I was literally throwing her in the air and you were so afraid. I just, I never grew up around kids. I never grew up, I was never a babysitter. I never, like. And like, I was, I was moving her into these pretzel moves because infants are very flexible. So flexible. You could put their legs up behind their heads and they would giggle. And I remember I was. But that's putting, the thing. I don't realize that. Yeah. And I was putting Rebecca in these contortionist moves and you were like, you are going to break her spine. I was like, ah, no, nah, it's I fine. recently held uh, my friend Jesse's baby, like, for more than five minutes. Cause Good. Because he's, he's, like, bigger now and older and, like. They're a little bit more durable. It, it doesn't make me as nervous. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is nice. And, you know, I'm going through this kind of time of, like, Oh, girl, you were late one year on your pap test, and now you might have cervical cancer. <sighs> and in my mind, I'm like, I know this was never my... I kind of made a decision recently where it's like, I need to just accept that it just might not be my path to do that. And it doesn't necessarily make me that mad, because I just never knew if I wanted kids at all. And so I'm not that heartbroken about it, but like the idea of... If I did have like cancer or something that was like you can't have kids or like, because you have they to have remove, to remove your yeah like, that would still be incredibly heartbreaking to me because it's just like well now I want to chan- have that option yeah you know? the chance is just completely removed from the equation because in my mind I I see myself having one kid I can see you being a mom to one to one she I- she's smirking big time when she says this. <laughs> 
I can also see you calling me every night being I mean, like, what do I do? If I'm a mom, I don't know if I can have a drunk podcast. I feel like you could still have a podcast. It just couldn't be a drunk podcast. It so then you just have to remarket yourself. A podcast of a parenthood. No, don't do a mommy blog. I'll fucking leave you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking leave you, she says. I will. No mommy blogs. I hate mommy blogs. Oh, man. Oh, God. Everybody on their high fucking horse about organic and just, like, cotton and fuck. Jesus, no. I've been learning so... Like, and I'm like you, like... I have a lot of friends having kids and I'm both fascinated by it and terrified by it. Like, it's just... Yeah, and everybody has their own opinion about how they're going to raise their child and it's just you have to keep your mouth shut even though you want to say you are being so fucking dumb right now, but... Uh It's so true. But I love and like, I just want to say to you, like, this takes a fucking lot of courage and a lot of guts to come on and, and talk about something like this. Um, I've done a lot of like really harder episodes. Like the S2 episode was a really hard episode. And like, this is one of the harder ones. And thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and talking with us because I know I think you were a little nervous about doing it. Uh, sweetheart, I avoided this for a year. You, you started, you started asking good? me a year ago. Doesn't it feel good to get it out though? It does. But and- honestly, you started asking me before I had the, the pregnancy and the miscarriage. And I think it took that for me to just be able to be comfortable in my own skin and just to there be you like, go. you know, this is who I am. This is what's going on in my life. I don't feel like I have to hide it from anybody. There you go. Yes. Thank you. And that's, and I mean, like people could be listening to this and going through the same thing and not feel as alone in it because of you talking about it. Well, so that's pretty cool. I, I honestly, I did take advantage of therapy when yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's huge. That's such a good thing for anyone to do. Yeah. And I took advantage of, there was a women's support group for women with infertility through the fertility clinic and I did I did go to a few sessions of that and I found that it did help um but mostly a lot of it was just me doing a lot of interpersonal look thought and looking into yourself and just yeah. being like you know this isn't my like you're was, still working and you admit it like you're still working on I'm still not, working on a lot of it's stuff it's not there yet and it's an ongoing process and you're going to be working on that yeah. all the time you know what I mean like, yeah like honestly it's adulting is hard adulting and is fucking hard adding trying to have babies into this whole equation is even harder and I think I'm doing pretty good so you're doing great, and you're one of the strongest women I know, and one of my best friends. And okay, shut up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I told Heather a while ago that we need to do a sadness sandwich, so we have to end on a light note to leave it light and funny. Do you have any funny stories, or do you have any funny memories of our friendship that you think is like sticks out to you? Honestly, the best memory I ever have is your 20th birthday. Let's talk about it. Let's end on the 20th birthday, shall we? This is when one of your friends decided to create some sort of... What's the word where they do it every year? It was like... Birthday! (laughs) No, no, not your birthday. Oh. Oh, I know what you mean. Tradition. Yes, that's the word. Fucking English. I'm good at English. So your friend decided that it would be a tradition that he needed to fuck one of your friends on your birthday. And Does I became he care? it's Kurt. <laughs> and I was except for for your for your friend from Annie Ganesh, I don't know if we can name names. 
Oh, yes. No. No. Anyway, except for that first person, I was the inaugural, like, birthday lay. You were, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, that's not the best part of the memory, though, funny enough. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, well, Heather went home with this friend. And I remember being so drunk. We went to the Dome. There were, like, really cheap drinks. It was dollar drinks. Like, dollar. Yeah, a dollar. I questioned their business like mind frame that they could make any profit on selling university students dollar drinks and i remember seeing you guys dancing <laughs> at the bar throughout the night and it wasn't even dancing like, we were motherfucker just... she's gonna get late on my birthday and i'm not god like, fucking damn it you were so hell. mad you were so mad Plus, uh, most of my Listen, life he was just he was too charming i couldn't resist and i remember being at the place where I was crashing, I was crashing at another friend's place, and, and I was just like, we were "See you later, And I was like, "Heather, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Not going home with you, bitch. <laughs> See you later." And you went and had your fun, and I crashed, and I puked a lot that night. And then the next morning, he walked. He was a gentleman, complete gentleman. Walked me back to wherever you were the next morning, so that we could go back to the mount together. Go fuck yourself. And. <laughs> <laughs> No, I fucked somebody else that night, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so then we he wa- we went back to wherever you were staying. Yeah. And I remember looking at you and you looked... You came, well, because you came in and I was like, okay, uh, I gotta get my, my stuff together. And you were just like, you were like the fucking cat dragged you in from the garbage bin. And I just remember you were like, okay, I, I just, just let me get ready and we'll be good to go. And I was like, okay. And I think you wanted to close the door to the bathroom, but instead you just took your shirt off and you like flashed your titties at me. And honestly, we were, we weren't friends enough at that point that we could just titty flash comfortably. Like, and I just remember being like, whoa, Sarah's boobs. And I was like, Sarah. And you're like, ah, and you just slammed the door in my face. And I was like, Wow. You must have did the, the Heather slow blink. <laughs> do the Heather slow blink. What's the Heather slow blink? Just I'm... do it right now. Yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> oh, you mean the, I'm really confused? No, just the, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah, yeah, you do that a lot with me. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, so then I just remember being like, okay, Sarah's boobs. And I mean, that was the first time of many that I've seen your chest. What did you but... think? Oh, they're great. I love them. Yeah. I wish I had them. If I was going to get a boob job, I'd drag you with me to the doctor and be like, give me these breasts. I do feel I lost some of them when I went off the pill. Yeah, that happens to everybody, though. But like, you know, I might go back on the pill just to get them, get get them back. Honestly, if I take my bra off, my nipples point to the ground. So (laughs) there are worse things that could happen, sweetheart. TMI, oh. sorry. Anyways, 20th birthday, it'll, it's an iconic night. It, it it really truly is an iconic night because I think that was when all of us kind of cemented a friendship. Well, honestly, sleeping with him cemented my friendship. We're still friends now. I'm going to his apartment We're going today to, to crash. Right after this. Yeah, and I'm going to crash and I'm going to make him sleep on his fucking floor and I'm going to take his bed and kick him out. And I just want to say, last weekend, Kurt gave me permission to use his name in this. So, Kurt, it's Kurt. It was Kurt. It was Kurt. <laughs> he was a very good lay. So, I mean, Mike is obviously better, but Kurt was a great lay. Oh, this is just... Oh, it's, it's just, it's too good. It's yeah. too good. I mean, honestly, our 20s were great. Our 20s were great. Um, I mean, I would say 
26 to 30 was hell. Yeah, but I wasn't there for that. But it's true you weren't. Yeah. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I know. You just you just need me in your life, Sarah. Anyways, we're going to wrap it up and say goodbye. But thanks so much for coming on. Thank this you for amazing. having me. This was fun and sad and emotional and honest. This was everything. This was uh, this is just honest. This was very honest. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And I will end how I always do, which is ring that bell. Jesus Christ, Sarah! <laughs> <laughs>